This is season one, episode three of the scary stories. I hope you enjoy the scary stories that I've told. The patches and riddles with it. Well, today I'm gonna continue with those. And this first episode I'm gonna read is called The Knocking. I really hope you enjoy it. And at the end of this episode, I will have an announcement to make. It started when I was six years old. I was in school, it was the middle of a ring lesson, and I needed to pee badly. At that age, actually, a few kids still peed themselves, and I always got paranoid about embarrassing myself in public like that. I stuck my hand up and told Mrs. Zeeby that I needed to use the bathroom. After an unusual speech at how I should have gone at break, she gave me the key to disable access to it, as it was the closest one to my classroom. It was the middle of the period, and the corridors were empty, and the students could not bring us to me. I was short, scrawny back then. I sometimes had trouble with doors, especially unlocking them, and I fumbled for a few minutes, minutes, one or two minutes, trying to get the plastic thing open. Anyway, I sat in the person thrown There came a knocking at the door. Someone in there, I called, struggling distance. They came, a pause, and knocking resumed. It was a faster now more determined. Wait a minute. The knocking slowed and the voice replied, let me in. I need to come inside. The speaker tone was thin and ready. An adult I didn't recognize. I had been been sick. I might have been sick, but I really knew the good understanding of the bathroom adequates. Mainly that you didn't let more than one person in an area that is slightly larger than a cupboard. Go away. The knocking intensified again until it was frankly jumpy. A few a few feet from me out of sight, I heard the voice sounding something growing more and more desperate. Let me in. Just open the door, please. I was terrified at this point. The hammering and the yelling was so loud, yet no one came to investigate it. Eventually, my teacher came to find me angrily because I had been gone for more than half, almost half an hour. When I refused to open the door to let her in, she got the spare key from the receptionist, and they took me to the headmaster's office and called my parents. I was suspended for a few weeks, rest of the week. I never told anyone what happened. It was a few weeks before my next encounter with the phenomenon. I had celebrated my seventh birthday, and my family was having a barbecue in my honor. It was a glorious sunny day, and as soon as we set everything up in the behind the house. The coal refused to light up. My dad asked me to go and get some fire starters from the shed in the front garden. It was pretty crammed inside and wouldn't fit all the way. So I opened it and stood on my carry toes to reach the stove. Holding my object and I shut the door. As I turned away, the frankly knocking hit the other side of the door. Open up, I need to come through. The voice was not the one I heard in the months before. It was deeper and more broader and angry. I said nothing and hurried away. I had no idea what was happening and frightened me. I almost, almost walked away. There came a final thump, like the first began to slam against the wood. I heard the voice again. You little blaster, I'll rip your fucking teeth out. Let me through. I ran back to my party and spent the rest of the day glancing over my shoulder. As I might have guessed by now, there were a lot of voices counting, at least 30 total. Every month or so, I used to get them, putting to let me through the door. Almost always, it would immediately after I shut the door behind me, as if the police strange entities had been following me. 
I never told anyone, but to be honest, I kind of got used to it. It always made me jump and some of the voices would make me feel uneasy, but I knew that I was safe as long as I didn't did not open the door. Some of the voices I got used to and simply named them. There was which I always used to appear in front door at home. We had frosted glass and I could see a silhouette of an average sized man wearing a cap of some kind. He never spoke, but occasionally he would press envelopes containing black pieces of paper through the delayed box. I called him the postman. He he was one of the most unsettling ones. If I tried to speak to him, he would look up and sharply then give, begin to knocking. Generally left, I le- generally left the postman alone. 20 years on and I have retained so much memories as probably I have been plenty of friends and I have been on and on friends with the girl I met last year. Not bad for a guy who wakes up in the middle of the night listening to television noises you can't hear on the other side of the door. Yeah, my buddies think I'm strange and kooky, but they put up with it. They're great. I miss them. You see, things have started to get strange. Well, stranger than usual, I suppose. Three weeks ago, I woke up sweating and crying, though I did not know why. My dreams had been from what I recall fairly normal, when a huge shadow had quickly fallen over everything. Literally, the second I opened my eyes, they came knocking at the bedroom door. Not just the normal looking, though. This was truly, frankly. Who goes there? I yelled. Please help us, he replied. I was surprised. I was used to sadness happening. Angry voices, and I remember from my father's shed on the seventh birthday. It seems generally sincere. There was pain tone to it, as though the speakers were generally wounded. I actually found myself pulling back the sheets to get up, but I hesitated. I never before been tempted to open the door. I suppose as a child, I had regular strumming and heads. Idea that whatever lay behind the door was evil, that I was just common sense. To be quite honest, I came very close to letting the thing into my room. That morning, I held out in the end. It got worse. Just two days later, it was like a local corner shop, and I just paid for a bottle of milk and a newspaper. Then a great force slammed against the shop door. Simultaneously, a voice began to screaming as long as the name equal pain. I rolled my face to the door, but there was many flyers pressed on the glass and could only just make out the shape of a woman on the other side, slapping her palms against the window. The storekeeper stared at me as though I was crazy. In the end, I asked if I had, if I, he had a bathroom I could use. Murmuring some half drew excuse, he hid there for ten minutes, then screaming, Stop. There were four more incidents between then and now. A mixture of screaming, hearing, begging. The postman stopped by yesterday, too. He knocked politely before sliding his usual letter through the letter box. Then others, then other. A total of ten plain brown envelopes, the postman waited for a few minutes, knocking occasionally, and then he left me alone. Each letter contained a sheet of 
what I picked was, but somebody had taken a blank pen at page and scribbled sharply them with such embarrassment that they were lodged tears around the center on the edge of where Franklin cried. I stove shoved them back in the envelope and tried to put it on my mind. Earlier, my bedroom door shook viciously. It was a screaming or howling or roaring that I heard through it. It was just crying dozens and dozens of voices, sobbing quietly. Rather blow sucks the door. Twisted flakes from the walls and twirled to the carpets. Still no please of bargaining, just sobbing. Crash. I jumped from my chair. Crash. A hairline crack splitted the frame of the door in one corner. My phone began to ring and I heard a sharp raping of the glass of my window behind the curtain. I tried to answer the phone, but it was simply yet more voices crying, not even sobbing through, more of bawling and failure and agony. I hung up and kept ringing, so I took the battery out. I have shoved most of my furniture against the door and window. It has been three hours since the last latest attempt to enter began. The battery has not abated, nor has the crying. I'm fairly sure the door won't hold much longer as my medical barrier could be swept aside in two minutes. I find myself faced with very real possibilities of death, so I'm writing this memoir and start just in case something happens. Crash, what do they want? Crash, do they even want to hurt me? Crash, they seem fearless, even memories before. Crash. What could have driven them to do this? Crash. Maybe I should open the door. Crash. Maybe we should let them in. Since Seal's fall, I realized that even the crying has ceased. For the whole minute, I sat there. They got up to hold the door, eager to escape the cross-contopity situation. Perhaps I'll go outside where I could go away from any doors and from the damn knocking I pulled away my barrier and turned the handle. Locked. I kneeled to peer through the keyhole beyond the bedroom. Door was no not the corridor that I remember, but another room. Some kind of library or classroom, I think it seems um undeclared by one kid sitting reading with his with back to me. I banged on the door. Hey, what kid let me okay? He glanced over his shoulder. Yeah, over here. Could you open the door, please? I can't. I'm in detention. I'm not supposed to talk to anyone. Go away. He turned from me, confused and expert. I began to stand up. A loud banging shouted against me once more. I realized it sounded like the first pounding against the glass. My window. I heard it again, and there was no front to lock him, and someone was waiting to get inside. They was not even an attempt to break in the club. Break in. Whatever was beyond the curtain and the glass knew I was inside. It knew I was frightened. The most pregnant psychiatrist I was possible. It wanted me to be afraid. I turned my back to the door and began to hammer on it frankly. Hey, let me in, okay? I really need you to open this door. Wow, that was a really 
weird story how that knocking just came for that person's all the time all he would be able to know and naming those entities I wonder what they were and what they want but how did he get stuck in his own room after all that we'll never know hopefully he bites again but until then we'll have to wait my next story is called the rig actually I really hope you enjoyed the story it's really good during the summer of 2003, events of the northern United States involving a strange human-like creature sparked brief relocation media interest before an apparently blackout was enacted. Little no information was left, and most of all, it was written an account of a creature where mysterious destroyed. Primarily, forces in the room in New York State proclaimed witnesses told the story that they encountered with a creature of unknown origin. Emotionally enraged and traumatic levels of frightened discomfort and almost childlike's of plaintiff's curiosity. While they published versions and no longer recorded the memories, maintained the powerful surveil parties began to work that year. In the early 20th, 2016, I mean 2006, the, co- the cooperation has accumulated nearly two dozen documentaries dating between the 12th century and the present day bearing four continents. In almost all cases, the group's stories was intervened. I've been in contact with members of this group and was able to inspect the upcoming book, The Rake, The Suicide Note, 1964. As I prepared to take my life, I felt necessary efforts of guilt or pain. I have introduced to this act. It is no fault anymore to them. For once I woke up, I felt his presence, and, and once I woke up and saw his form, once again I woke up and heard his voice, and I looked into his eyes. I cannot sleep without the fear of what I might awaken to experience. I cannot ever wake. Goodbye. Found in the same wooden box with two empty envelopes, addresses to William and Rose, and one loose personal letter with no envelope. Dearest Lenny, I have prayed for you. He spoke your name. A journal entry, 1980. I experienced the greatest terror I have experienced and the greatest terror I have experienced. I see his eyes when I close mine. They are hollow, black. They saw me unpiercing me. His wet hands, I will not sleep. His voice. Um, memory log, sixteen ninety one. He came to me in my sleep. From the foot of my bed, I felt the sensation. He took everything. We must return to England. We shall not return here again at the request of the rake. From a witness, twenty sixteen, twenty six. Three years, just. I just had returned from trip from Niagara Falls with my family for the 4th of July. We were very exhausted after a long day of driving, so my husband and I put the kids right to bed and called the night. It was about 4 a.m. I woke up to thinking my husband had gone out to use the restroom. I used the moment to steal back the sheets, only to wake him in the progress. I apologized and told him I thought he went to, had to go to bed when he had 
He turned his face to me. He gasped and pulled his face feet up from the end of the bed. So quickly, his knees almost knocked me off the bed. Then he grabbed me and said nothing. After adjusting the dark to darkness at half second, I was able to see what caused the strange reaction. At the foot of the bed, sitting face away, face away from us, was the appearance of a naked man in a large hairless dog of some sort. It was the body position was disturbing and unnatural, as if it had been hit by a car or something. For some reason, I was not intensively frightened, but it became concerned as it was conditioned at this point. I was somewhat under my assume that it was supposed to help. My husband was peering over his arm and knees tucked underneath the fatal position. Occasionally he glanced at me before returning to the creature. In a fury motion, the creature scrambled around the side of the bed, then crawled quickly in feeling, feeling short of motion. Right along I went until he was less than a foot away from my husband's face. The creature was completely silent for 30 seconds, or probably five. It seems like a while. Just looking at my husband, the creature then placed his hand on his knee and ran into the hallway leading to the kids' room. I screamed and ran for the light switch, trying to stop it before he could hurt my children. When I got to the hallway, the lights from the bedrooms was enough to see it crouching hunched over 20 feet away he turned around and looked directly at me covered in blood i flipped the switch on the hallway and saw my daughter clara the creature ran down the stairs while my husband and i rushed to help her daughter who was very badly injured and spoke only once more in a short life said he is the rake my husband drove the car into a lake the night while rushing abroad to a hospital. He did not survive. Beginning to small town news got around quickly pretty quickly that police would help at first and local newspaper took a lot of interest as well. However the story was never published and the public television news never followed up either. For several months my son Justin and I stayed in the hotel nearest to my parents house. After we decided to return our home, home, I began to look for answers myself. I eventually located a man in the next town who had a similar story. He got into contact and began talking about his experience. He knew about two people in New York who had seen the creature. We not prepared to ask the rake. It took the four of us plus about a solid year hunting in it and writing letters to come to a small collection of what we believe of the rake. None of them gave the detailed history follow-up. One journal has entry the three pages, and the mentions began. Ship explained that nothing accounted said that we were to leave the rake. There was the last entry in the log. There were, however, many instance where the creature visited one of the series of visits to the same person. Multiple people also mentioned that he spoken to his daughter included related to the wonder if the break had visited any of us before the encounter. I set up a digital recorder near my bed and left it running all night. Every night for two weeks I would 
intently scan through the stems rolling around in bed each day. When I woke up by the end of the second week, I was quite used to the case of the sounds from sleep were blurring through the recording at eight times normal speed. This took almost an hour every day. On the first day of the third week, I thought I heard something different. When I found what a singing voice, it was the break. I can't listen to it any longer, even being a transcript to it. I haven't let anyone listen to it yet. All I know that I heard it before, and I know now believe that it spoke when I was sitting in front of my husband. I didn't only remember hearing anything at the time, but for some reason, the voice on the recorder immediately bring back the moment. The thoughts of this gone through my daughter's head makes me very upset. I have not seen the rake since I ruined it. He ruined my life, but I know that he has been in our room while I was sleeping. I know I feel. I know and fear the one night I wake up to see him staring at me. Wow, the rake. What an unknown and believable story that you just read. Anyway, I still have one more story to read. So I really hope you enjoy the last story and then we'll get to the final thing I need to talk about. So the final story I'm going to read is called, Will You Play With Me? I never wanted to reveal my story, but it always has been done. It has been a long and nobody knows, but now I confident that you videos to read my story and attempt to comprehend that the whole experience. My fingers stuttered and shaked and tears trickled down my cheek as I tried to type this. But I warn you now, what you are reading cannot be unread. It was just an ordinary night in my apartment. I was tired and the days at the office have been so stressful lately and i took forward finally released of sleep it always seemed to make everything better but this night was different the wind seemed ominous the sky seemed darker and as i relaxed in my chair watching my favorite sitcom before bed i saw what appeared to be a strange silhouette standing outside my window i focused my full sight on what i thought i was out there nothing just darkness i figured it was just I was just overtired, just a little much, too much work today. That's all. I finished watching the show and retired to my bed. As I tried my best to sleep, I heard the door at the end of my bedroom creak. I dismissed it, too attired to get myself worked up for no- over nothing. And then I got the sense that something was watching me. I tried to shake it off. I just wanted to sleep. Finally, I heard something breathing heavily and slowly. At first, I thought it was me and that I was psyching myself out. So I held my breath for a moment. It wasn't me. I jolted upwards from the bed and opened my eyes. I became frozen as I saw in front. But in my bed, a young girl with long black hair around the age of six in a white nightgown. She stared at me, unblinking eyes and a wide smile. She had deep cuts covering her face and hands that hung at her side was covered in crimson. But both of we both sat and stood staring at each other in human scream the moment I tried to race from the door, stood up at me, digging her nails into my face. 
with dark black eyes inched away from mine, scheming all the way. The scream began to defend me. As soon as I lost my balance, I hit the head on the table. The next next to my bed, I lost consciousness. I woke up in what appeared to be an empty basement. My clothes remained on except my shirt. I struggled to find my balance. My head was covered in dry blood. I looked at my arms. They were cuts down them. Writing downwards, I found the words bed where you play with me. It was almost, almost written in both my sides. I glanced over the room and Laura found the iron door with blood steeping the basement. I slowly made my way there. There was no sign of the girl, though I failed to see maybe behind the door. I just spoke my fear I had to go in. I had to. We saw... When I saw was horrifying body laid across the wide room in the way of the stairways, the opposite corner, men, women, children, all of them laying still, cuts on their arms, legs slimmed to mine. Boy, you play with me. Except these victims had something I didn't look at nearby in my home and heart. She lay on the back of her stomach, split open. As I came closer, what came into sight was a large toy fire truck shoved into her tails. I choked back, falling back away. My man, a man laying against the wall with a mental jack stuffed and broke his eyes. His skull was carved in, and what I laid next to him was a broken baseball bat. Snapped in half the pool of blood, a young boy lays lifeless. In the middle of his mouth was the open stick out of it, beginning the toy truck. It has been served down his throat. His chest was cut open and his heart was laying next to his body. In place of his heart were these mental pieces of dolls. I lost my control and vomited. I tried for a moment but then the thought sunk me. Where is the girl? I didn't think this wanting to know where she was. Of course, I thought it very briefly before nothing the stairwell that stood at the corner of the room. I stared at the wall, walking towards it, but then stopped. Something behind me was breathing heavily. I turned around and this the girl after having stood in the corner and waiting the entire time. I was examining the body, she then said in a high voice, piercing my ears with Will you play with me? She began screaming and turned to run away, but she was on my knee. Make sharp nails driven into the back of my neck, and I struggled to eventually I threw her off me and onto the ground. I ran for the door, but it slammed shut. I began buds ended and a curse of blood running down the back of it was not open. She was on me. My elbow faced, she shoved her nails into my back, and I managed to push her off and turn to run. As she lunged, I caught her, her black eyes inches away from mom, her nails punching my face, her screaming defense my ears. She raised one hand, smiling ear to ear, and her hands plunged down into all my eyes. Everything went black. I woke up in the hospital, bandages covered my body, including both my eyes. The police officer stood in my room, speaking with the doctor. Then saw I w- wake up and smelled the information. 
me meaning that I was the only survivor of massive mass murder, and that the suspect, the middle-aged man who's been capturing, captured, that I told them about the girl. Because I know girl was found at the scene, they believed them. They told me I should rest. Two weeks passed, and I was clearly to leave. I was clear to leave as I excited to the hospital payment, scared of my arms, face back. I passed the waiting room and I heard some toys running on the ground. The game jugs, a fire truck, a doll, and a toy car truck sitting on those was a smiling girl with long black hair. She wouldn't the white ground. She looked up at me and smiled the way and the voice came pierced in the cut. And boy, she said, will you play with me? Wow, I can't believe that was a, such a wonderful story. I hope that I didn't scare you too bad. And right now, I'm actually going to be doing an answer, question answer. See me on my stories, my stories on my podcast. So I really hope you guys will submit your stories. You can submit them at sos9959 at gmail.com. And that's where you can also submit your stories that I'll read on my podcast. So, to repeat it, sos9959 at gmail. Dot com is where you can submit questions and your stories. Thank you for a wonderful time to bring you the stories for you. So, to end this, I just want to say have a good day and hope you can sleep tonight with all the scary stories you heard. Bye!